Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm Eileen and I have ADHD. I'm here to share some skills that'll help you traverse a world that wasn't necessarily designed for you. I hope to entertain and motivate you with my stories to help you with your story. So let's get to it. Benjamin Franklin once said, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Most of you have probably heard that before. It actually brings me back to like 15, 20 years ago when people would ask me how I was doing. They'd be like, what's up, I? And I would immediately answer, oh, it's been awesome. It's been super busy. And honestly, part of that response was an apology for not keeping in touch with them. I've been super busy. That's why I haven't called you lately. Lame excuse. <laughs> it got to a point where that response came out automatically without any thought on whether or not I was really busy or actually busy. And this went on for years. Now, after years of building a business, personal development, and self-reflection, I've come to the conclusion, a realization really, that saying I was super busy meant I was actually doing something important and meaningful with my life. Was I though? At that point in my life, when I was responding that way, was I really doing something important and meaningful in my life? Was I making an impact, for example? I mean, I had programmed myself to think I was living the dream. That's why I was super busy, right? You know that other saying, if you repeat something enough, it becomes the truth? I think that line is actually misrepresented. I don't think it's misinterpreted because I know, of course, people can interpret it in their own way. It's up to them. However, the way they're going to use it, the way they're going to have it represent what they're doing is sometimes blurry or gray. To me, it's not actually a positive thing. It's not a manifestation of a goal or dream like affirmations, for example, how we look ourselves in the mirror every morning and say, you are amazing. You are an awesome engineer or you are the best nurse ever. You are going to help a lot of people today. You know, affirmations like that, those are cool. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about actually repeating something over and over and over and then starting to believe it yourself. And that's not a manifestation of a goal. It's more like you're creating an illusion of truth. There's a huge difference. Speaking of difference, was I making a difference? Let's go back to that. Maybe, I mean, I was blessed to be able to lead a global IT team back in the dot-com explosion. So there was that. I was making an impact somehow there in the company. And if you ask my old employees, I'm sure I made some kind of impact on them. Uh, I used to manage them in the corporate world. I was their leader and I was also their friend and they could come to me for advice. We would go out to dinner and things like that. And so I could see maybe, maybe I was making an impact in their lives. Who knows? While I was in the corporate world though, that's when I started the baby making phase. And it took me a couple years. I'm not going to lie. And it was hard. It was stressful. And finally, when I had the babies, I was just in awe. And yes, being a mom was definitely busy. Those of you who are moms and dads out there, you know how busy it is, especially when they're little like that. And I was making an impact in my kids' lives for sure. I mean, I'm the mom. <laughs> I realized back then 
I was meant to be a mom. And it just made me think I was always attracted to things that gave me the opportunity to nurture and lead by example. And the best place for me to do that at that time was in my kids' lives. Because I really, I didn't have anything else. And I'll tell you why. It's because I quit my corporate job to become a stay-at-home mom. It was the best decision ever. Those years kept me vibrant, no lie, and chock full of life, right? Those of you who are parents out there, Give me an amen on that one because boy, did we have a lot of energy back then. And that was so amazing. And I was constantly just chasing that dopamine, right? I was like dopamine every day, right? Because you're a stay-at-home mom. There's always these spontaneous things that happen. And then the kids get a little older and needing me less and less. Don't get me wrong. They're all adults now, over 18, and they still need me. (laughs) In fact, last week, my son was sick for the entire week and I just took care of them the entire week. So it's not that they don't need you. They just need you not nearly as much. And all of that back then, that was happening in my 30s. That whole decade of being in my 30s, I was raising these little people. (laughs) And when I hit 39, which was around 14 years ago, (laughs) I started to think, you know, I need to start something that makes me happy. Not that my kids didn't make me happy. I mean, something that was more for me only. So I started a YouTube channel and it was for me because I finally told myself, you know, I got to lose this baby weight. It's been, let's see, by 39, my youngest kid was three years old. So he still needs me, of course. He was still, you know, I'm still super busy. However, I was over the baby part. Like there's no infants. I don't have to sit by a crib or watch the infant might, you know, do what infant things, infant people do. (laughs) Do what infants do. And so I had these kids and they were just hanging around me. So whatever mommy did, they were just hanging around me, right? And that was cool. I thought this was a perfect time. I could start to lose weight. Uh, So I started this YouTube channel and it was a video log Back then, you know, you couldn't do live videos. There was no video lives on Facebook or anything like that. If you wanted to do a vlog, you were pretty much talking to a camera and hoping that someone is eventually going to watch that. (laughs) And I did a vlog of my weight loss journey on YouTube. And you can still find it out there. Maybe if I'm brave enough, I'll post the link on the bottom. I changed the name. It used to be called Last 20 Pounds, and it's now called Embracing My 50s, which I'm thinking of revitalizing and starting to, you know, to talk about more of the things that happen when, when you get to your 50s. Anyways, that's beside the point, squirrel. Being a professional influencer also back then was not really a thing. It wasn't a big thing. It was now well known. There were probably a couple of people out there doing that and making a little bit of money on ads and things like that. Now it's a huge thing. You can literally be an influencer as your career. Back then, however, it wasn't like that. In fact, if I would have stayed doing that, hell, I probably would have been a millionaire by now. (laughs) But who knew, right? So the channel was solely for myself and for whoever wanted to listen. And slowly as I became vulnerable, talking about my weight loss and talking to the crappy webcam, (laughs) people started finding me. People started listening and people started subscribing. 
And like Dale Carnegie's book title says, I was making friends and influencing people. And it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling to know that my journey was going to help somebody. My journey, like people are interested in my journey and they're listening and they're commenting and things like that. And I created a community of people who are actually engaging and hanging on my every word. And I would do things like, hey, I just bought this blender. You guys should check it out. And some of them would actually buy it. And I felt so empowered. And my subscribers actually became great friends. I still talk to a lot of them today. And that was over 10 years ago. I thought to myself, I'm doing it. I am making an impact on others outside my own family. And this is what I always wanted to do. At least I'm pretty sure I knew already that that's what I wanted to do. Because since high school, I was always that person that everybody kind of called up and turned to every time they had problems. Like, I don't know why. It's not like I was screaming like I'm Miss Psychologist, you know, or anything like that. I think I just, I, I think people just felt comfortable talking to me. I must have that, that energy, that, that aura around me, which I have been told I do have that energy. So I'll take it. I love it, you know? And I was meant for it. I've, I found my zone of genius. So my next goal was to get all these people together for a meetup. I thought, hey, we're such good friends here on YouTube and we've never met each other in person let's do it. Let's have like a reunion of types. We called it pre-union because we had never met each other yet. Uh, and we went, we all went to Vegas. <laughs> and mind you, this was the second time I had planned a meetup. The first time was so fun and amazing because I had been doing this vlog for a long time. But the first time was so fun and amazing that I wanted to do it again the next year. And I, I planned both of them. And I suggested both of them and everything. So once again, I planned everything. I found the hotel. I semi-planned where we were all going to meet. And I say that because some people had to stay at another hotel. So we had to try to, you know, merge our plans together. And then during that time, the ball dropped somewhere. And one person, that person's insecurity caused unneeded drama in the entire group. And back then, I was ill-equipped to handle this type of drama. Because I had planned the whole thing, the blame fell on me. And that person singled me out. And because I was the one who planned the entire thing, she called me the ringleader. That label, that thing she called me, it just stuck to me. Like it stuck with me for years, years. I've been doing a lot of self-exploration lately. I'm doing a lot of personal development with Convergence Seminars and I just realized in this past five weeks that that label had stuck with me for this many years. We're not talking, you know, ringleader of a circus. We're talking like she thought I had planned some, you know, diabolical <laughs> like thing against her. And everybody else around us was like, what is she talking about? They were all, they all didn't know what she was talking about. They were all on my side, I should say. And I thought, how is this happening? Why is this happening to me? I only wanted everything to go well and for everyone to have fun. I wanted this weekend to be this great and amazing thing where, where this awesome community of people are trying to get healthy and share, you know, like-mindedness, like-mindedness and who'd been engaging for the past six months. We were finally going to be able to meet each other. After we came home, it was then that I unconsciously pulled back from ever being a leader again. 
Guys, this is important, okay? I stopped planning family reunions, parties. I held back from any leadership role. So anything that involved a group, I pulled back. Anything that involved strangers, especially, I pulled back. And this was not me. I always wanted to be like captain of the team. I always wanted to, you know, start my own club or something like that. I was always making the suggestions of where we should go, who who should drive, we should, you know, things like that. And I pulled away so far back. The only thing I actually did in those past in those years was I was a room mom and that and a sports coach and the only reason I did that was because they were kids <laughs> and I thought maybe I can handle this, right? And also I did it for my kids. I did not have any me in mind when I, you know, decided I was going to be a team manager and, 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 you know, sports. And even the team manager thing gave me a lot of anxiety because I had to communicate with parents and, and plan things. And I had a lot of anxiety with that. Like I said, I did it for the sake of my boys and not myself. I lost a piece of myself at that last experience in Vegas. I didn't have that mindset that you can't please everyone. I didn't know about that yet. I was like, I have to please everyone. And actually, you ADHDers out there know we have this thing <laughs> where we need to please everyone because we're afraid to let people down. And I was so driven to help others that when something threatened my control, I pulled away from the task completely. And that was just the beginning of the whole, like a slew of things that had happened to me in the following 10 years after that, which caused me to pull away even more so far that I never, I stopped calling myself a leader. I let the fear of letting people down, the fear of being, the fear of being misunderstood, stop me from living in the zone of genius, in my zone of genius, which shot my self-esteem down a notch or two, or maybe even three or four. Here's where it gets good though. No one likes to admit that they have low self-esteem or that they have alleged shortcomings. So what do they do? They put up masks. You ADHD folks out there or those who feel they have something to hide should resonate hard with this one. Feel it, okay? Let it get in there, get deep. We all have different masks we take out for different occasions. Who do I want to be today? Back then, I was there to lead people to the weight loss promised land, right? I was there to change at least one person's life for the better. And don't get me wrong, I did change people's lives for the better. People actually lost weight. People learned a few recipes from me, you know, things like that. And they even felt heard when I tell stories about how I raised my kids and the, the, the hardships of doing that and being a stay-at-home mom and, you know, just being vulnerable. And it was awesome. I was chasing the dopamine, guys, in the form of thanks and praise and, 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 and seeing people excel and be better than they were yesterday. And that was my dopamine. And then when the dopamine rush wore off, I'd have to go look for more or I'd crash and burn and go through withdrawal like a drug. So I became this person people needed. I had many, many masks I could wear, right? I learned a lot of skills, a lot of things like 
I was a carpenter. I was a seamstress. I was a team mom. I was a coach. I was, a, you know, I was a baseball coach for my boys' teams. Like I just knew how to do everything. It seemed because I was overcompensating and, and and had these these new masks that I had to wear. And the thing is, you can't keep going like that forever. It becomes an addiction that is actually detrimental to your mental and even physical health in the long run, just like other types of addiction. And I needed to drop the mask and I needed to heal myself. I needed to put my oxygen mask on first. Then only then could I wholeheartedly help others, right? Yeah, I lost weight, but that was surface stuff. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I was so proud of losing that weight. I was... I look good, right? I lost 22 pounds. All the baby weight was gone and, and, and all that. That was surface stuff. I was sharing all this great mindset stuff and, and self-realizations about myself during the weight loss journey and I wasn't really taking action on any of my advice, on any of my life lessons, which was probably why when I was threatened, called a ringleader, I didn't have the confidence to say, uh, no, I'm not the ringleader and you can go F yourself. <laughs> it's probably why I found myself eventually back to being overweight a few years later. However, I'm not worried. Don't you worry. I have been working really hard on the re- on remedying that issue and I'm doing very well. And we'll go into that in the future. For now, here's the thing. If you're putting up these masks you made for yourself, people won't be able to see when you're hurting or when you're crying for help. If you put up these masks, you will never be able to express your authentic self. And if you're not expressing your authentic self, no one will ever get to know the beautiful and amazing person you truly are. So in summary, get rid of the masks, all of them. Live in your zone of genius. Don't worry, it's there. Maybe hard to find at first because it's been hiding for so long. You never really thought about it. You didn't even know there was a zone of genius. And you'll find it though. And if you need a little help, check out the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I'll put that link in the description. That helped me a lot to really pinpoint what my zone of genius is and what are the other zones that we have in our life that that we need to know about so that we can, we can be our best. After Ben Franklin said that line, right? Good old Lucille Ball revised it a little by adding to it. She said, it sounds something like this. If you want something done, give it to a busy person because the more things you do, the more you can do. <sighs> Take that in. <laughs> I believe in that and I believe in you. And that's all she wrote If you haven't already done so, hit the follow or subscribe button for this podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. It would also be amazing if you could share this podcast out to anyone you know who may benefit from my ramblings. And last but not least, click those five stars or leave a great review so that this episode finds its way to people who may need it. Until next time, super friends, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to hang out with little old me. Be safe. Be well and live abundantly. This is Eileen, that ADHD chick, signing off.